Welcome to Tales from the Fog. I'm your host, Casey, and with me, as always, my beautiful wife, Veronica. How are you doing today? Good. And we have a special guest with us. If you listened to our episode uh, two episodes ago, I think it was Betty, Betty, Betty episode, mm-hmm. uh, you would have heard the story about Corey, the clairvoyant that Veronica's cousin met on an airplane. And we have Corey with us today. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing just fine. So glad to meet you guys. I'm so glad you were able to come on the podcast. This is great. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, how did you find out that you had this gift? Well, it didn't really start out as a gift. As I was a child, um, I was able to see a little bit more than what I thought I should have seen. Um, I was able to see spirits more like shadow figures uh, Mm -hmm. and growing up in a religious household, you know, parents teach you if there's something like that, that you see. You know, you got to pray about it and then it'll go away, basically pushing your intention to let that being or entity know that you don't want it around. Yeah. So I learned that from, from a young age. And also I would have little premonitions that would take place um, a little bit more than deja vu. So I didn't understand that. And eventually I just kind of just shied away from it or just ignored it when it would happen. So um, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but later, years later, I was in the hospital. I had, I believe, a severe panic attack, and I was taken to the hospital by one of my friends. And during that uh, time in the hospital, um, I remember for a brief moment, for just a few seconds, looking at the room from above. Oh, cool. And it didn't register to me, but there was, this, there was no... Um, communication, no speaking, but inside there was like an internal knowing that I could either go in or I could stay out. And I remember saying, of course I'm going back in. But being in the hospital going through, you know, that situation, I later forgot about it. Um, So that that was the beginning of, uh, not the beginning, but some of the, some events that kind of carried me um, to what I do now. And a year ago, about a year and a half ago, um, I had left organized religion, and upon doing that, I was shunned. So being <laughs> shunned, I'm like, well, don't have much to lose, but that was short-lived because my best friend died in April. Uh, April mm-hmm. 9th, he was hit by a car. I'm sorry to hear and, that. And yeah, that, that was not good. That was a very diff- difficult, the worst day of my entire life. But that night, when I went to sleep, I remember having a dream about my best friend, and it was not like any other dream I had before. I was hugging him. I was like, buddy, I'm so glad it's not true, but he didn't say anything. But I just felt the presence. I felt him actually hugging me, so I opened my eyes, and he was gone. So I was like, I never accepted the fact that he had died. So, um, and after uh, that happened... A series of little synchronistic events started to happen. I was going on a plane to work. I'm a photographer. I was going on the plane to work Mm -hmm. a job in Florida. 
and someone wanted to sit next to their lover, so I switched them seats and was sat next to a woman, um, Lynn Carlson, who's an amazing um, psychic medium, but I'd never met her before, and she told me what she did. And my first response was, oh, God. My mind, <laughs> next to a medium, I still have the religious programming in my head. I'm like, but then something said, just be open minded, Corey, and listen. So yeah. I listened and left that. Then I ended up meeting an actor um, and photographed him. And he told me, yeah, my girlfriend's a medium, and just casually mentioned it. We ended mm-hmm. up going to dinner. And after dinner, I went to her medium. Um, uh, ship development circle, which was led by another amazing uh, astrologer and uh, medium uh, by the name of uh, Michael Mayo. And at that, um, I sat there in the circle. And then we split into groups of two. And there was a man who brought my friend through. I didn't tell mm-hmm. him any of the details of what happened. I didn't tell him I had anyone to die. Same, the same humor. He described the look. He described what happened. And I'm just crying. It's all over the place. But then it was time for me to see for him. I'm thinking, I can't do this. But I saw for him. So that was the first time that I purposefully used my clairvoyance. Now, when you when you say that you see, how do the how do the visions or the feelings or whatever you get, how do they come through to you? What kind of. Is it all emotional, or do you clearly, like, see? Oh, okay, are you talking about the, um, all the, the, the clerics, or the cleric, uh, psychic ability? Yeah, like, how does it manifest that? itself? Oh, totally. Um, I am more clairvoyant, mm-hmm. um, so at first, usually things come through in pictures. So okay. there's clairvoyance, um, clairaudience, clairsentience. And claircognizance, and I use those ones. Um, also, they help me with um, my psychometry. Like, you know, if you pick up an object that was someone's, you can know who it was, yeah. who owned it, mm-hmm. and get information about that. Also, it helps with my future. When I do um, future readings, I get the same feelings. Like, uh, for example, if a person is going to get a job, a certain job, I will feel how they will feel before okay. it happens. You know, or yeah. if someone passed away, um, like, uh, for example, there was a woman who, the first time I had clairsentient feelings was a woman who had passed, but she was a heavy smoker. And my, I had a phantom, that phantom feeling of you, your lungs filling up with smoke. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really breathe, but you know you can. So that, that's yeah. a, a clairsentience. But, yeah, I'm a photographer in the, the way that uh, it was expressed uh, through the... the um, uh, last um, podcast, Betty, 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 I explained yeah. to your cousin <laughs> how when I see people, it comes to me in different colors. Like if you're born, the person was born in the 1800s to like 1910, they'll come through in like a sepia tone. Yeah. Okay. From 1910 to a different period, black and white, and from 1950 onward in color. That's so, interesting, yeah. yeah. So how is it... Um, from when you first, that first time that you did the reading and you found that you were able to do it, how was it, how did it feel? How did it look? How was it doing it then versus how you've been able to build your strength into what you have now? Got it. So that took place last October and I didn't hear anything. I only had visuals. So my clairvoyance was open and I saw, um, and it was very surprising, but it, you doubt yourself. Um, at the beginning, you can really doubt yourself because the images that come into your mind are just pictures. 
yeah. their pictures and uh, you know our little movie and you're thinking am I just thinking this on my own sure yeah <laughs> yeah oh, so the, the hard part that could be for many is to actually know your thoughts apart from the thoughts of spirit okay you know or yeah. from the person who's relaying it because the automatic conscious mind wants to develop a story okay. it wants to make a story about everything but mm-hmm. as a medium or as a future seer you can't make up the details because they don't pertain to you that's not your business you are getting information for somebody or from someone to give to somebody yeah that you can't get attached it's the same way if um years before i was sign language interpreter and when you're interpreting it's like the same exact scenario you do not censor the message mm. you say exactly what it is exactly how it is and um, learning your voice again and your visuals uh, away from spirit the conscious and the subconscious you know it, it, <laughs> it makes it a lot better yeah that's an interesting do you think that there's anything more in common between having that experience of being able to read someone to translate to something to somebody else like did that kind of do you have a muscle already in your mind that you can kind of invoke to to make those images and be like okay like kind of take it in translate it and then put it into a way that somebody else can understand? I didn't know. <laughs> it was a surprise to me because I never explored that. But the, I, can, I can say um, the whole, this, this actually makes my life make sense. Um, as a young person, really young, again, with a sign language interpreting, that uses a whole different side of your brain, different part of your brain to decode symbol. Mm-hmm. But your eyes, um, the way when you see future, you use your peripheral vision. Using your peripheral vision, when you look at someone or when you look at something, it allows you to fall back into your subconscious. So when you fall okay. back into your subconscious, that's when you receive the information. It, you know, it's like same with a medium uh, session. When a person that has moved on to the other side of life is communicating with you, they are in the superconscious. You are in the conscious, but you have to straddle between the conscious and subconscious to receive the message. So that's where the energy, it, it's, it's a lot of energy that, that does that. But yeah, going back to your question, I had no idea that I could actually use that training from being a sign language interpreter and move it in this direction. That's fascinating. It sounds exhausting. It can be. It, it can be really... Um, it can be exhausting because literally you're you're working with three energies. You're working with the energy of yourself. You're working with the energy of the uh, of the future, <laughs> and, or the person that's passed on, and you're working with the sitter. So it's like three people at one time. Your energy's going. You're like holding hands to two um, very um, like vaults. I mean, just energy's going right through you. Is, uh, is there any it time where it's it's like difficult to to draw the line between your energy and and the person that you're speaking to or that person who's speaking through you? Um, not really. You know, the spirit energy for me, from my experience, I can't speak for all who uh, do the kind of work that I do, but um, you can very well distinguish your own energy from their own that's one of the first things that you are able to understand for example like your cousin when he came um, onto the plane <laughs> i when i sat down and i knew i felt this feeling that i should open something core you need to open up right now and the first thing that you feel or that i feel and most readers feel is if that energy is a male or female energy you feel it 
So you mm-hmm. automatically know there's a distinction between your energy and the energy of another Interesting, yeah. face. You know, that, and also you can feel or clear cognizant. You can just know, inner knowing, that this is on the certain side of the family. That's one detail that he left out that when he said, when I said, hey, do you, do you know a Betty that has passed away? And he said, yes, it's my grandmother. And I said, yes, on your mother's side. Yeah. You know, so you get that information as well. So it's very, very clear to distinguish your own energy from energy that is not your own. Have you ever had an instance where, I mean, we live in a very, a very, you know, fluid time as far as like gender identity and, and sexuality. Have you ever come across anybody who does not clearly identify as male or female? And like on the other side? Yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And that's fascinating too. Really? When I receive, um, again, going back to my photography background, I love window light. I love natural light. Uh-huh. I love always look for windows. Yeah. And when I started through the clairvoyance, when it really was coming through, I was telling people, okay, there's a man sitting here. There's a window on the left. And I kept saying, I'm like, why do I keep seeing window on the left for men? And then I'll see a woman and she'd have a window shining light on her from the right. And I'm like, you know, what's going on with that? But another psychic says, Corey, this is because you're a photographer. That's how it's communicating with you. So hetero energy, hetero male masculine energy comes with a, like a light source from the left for me. Um, hetero female energy comes with a light source from the right. Interesting. But those who are not identifying with heterosexual energy have a light shining from behind. Now, the first time I understood this is when I was um, working with a, a man who had happened to be um, a veteran from Iraq. And I met his mother on the plane. She gave me his information, and, and he, he ended up contacting me. Um, and as I was doing the medium reading with him, I saw this guy come through. He had the, the male masculine energy that was coming in from the left. Okay, this is a male spirit. At the end of the reading, the man told me, yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, adopting kids. And I'm like, oh, you're adopting children. Uh, did something happen to you while you were in Iraq? You did not have kids? You know, I'm pretty mm-hmm. nosy. Yeah. But the guy said, well, my mother didn't tell you, did she? And I said, what? He says, I was born female. Oh. And so was my friend. Okay. And they, I, I was going to mention later too that that not all readings are G-rated readings. Sure. Um, yeah. Again, like what his friend showed me was a organ mm-hmm. that uh-huh. men do not have, and I didn't want to say it, you know. Mm-hmm. But he told, he showed me that in the middle of the reading. So I said, okay, maybe this guy has some jokes about this. Never said anything. But after what he told me about him adopting kids and how he was born, you know, female, and so was his friend, it made sense why his friend would show that. Yeah. And also it made perfect sense why the light source was coming from the left. You do not get to decide how much masculine or how much um, feminine energy runs through you. It is not a choice like people think. And that was a big thing for me because this transgender identity is so popular right now. Many yeah. people wonder, oh, maybe this is a guy who just wants to be a girl. Maybe this is a girl who just wants to be a guy. And I'm like, no, I get it now. I get it. It is a real thing. The energy that you are coming into this world with is already set. You can't change that, you know. So it, it is fascinating. That's actually pretty beautiful. That is, yeah. I love that. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, so what were, what's been some of your more memorable reads that you've had? Oh, man. There are 
are so many. There are so many. Um, I I had a reading with uh, two years. No, in 2014, I had a job in the Bahamas. I was going there for about a week to photograph a wedding and some events. Ran into some travelers there, and something told me, Corey, go back. So I went back, and I talked to them. I said, I'm, I'm here photographing this wedding, but I really want to get a feel of the island. Could I follow you guys for a while tomorrow and just photograph you? And you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. There's something that I just needed to photograph about these two guys. So um, we go to the beach. They go spear fishing. I do not do any posing. I'm just photographing them and just hanging out, chatting it up with them. And after um, I left, that was on a Friday, a few days later, this guy comes back to my place where I was staying and said, hey, Corey, did you hear about Ben? I'm like, no. He says, Ben drowned a few hours after you left. Wow. So I had to go and prepare the pictures to, to give to him. And by this time, it had been a few days. His parents were there on the island. And um, if I sent those photographs to you. And when yes. you look at the photographs um, that were attached in the email, it looks like it's telling a story before it happens. Yeah. The if you look at the faces, if you look at the composition, you see his friend. He was there when he drowned. He tried to save him, but he was not able to. So years later, that was 2014, and now 2017. His father um, that messages me on Facebook telling me how much he loves the pictures of his son, and I'm thinking, whoa! Like now, I can do something else. There's a reason why we met. So yeah. I end up, you know, getting in touch with his father. And um, which was difficult because it's not every day that someone's going to call and say, hey, I talked to your dead son last night. Sure. He wants to get you, you know, in touch with you guys. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's a very, um, and some people who are mediums will challenge the fact that I do this because they feel that if a person, you know, is to receive a message that they should seek it out. And I'm thinking that's good for some people. But some people, they're not, they're not ever going to reach out to uh, to receive anything like that because of fear, fear yeah. of displeasing God, fear of the unknown. So for me, I'm like, I have to to formulate, you know, the the structure of my my sentences to make sure that it is um, easier to receive. So I told him about, um, you know, the different events that were happening over the few years. And I forgot to mention that my great-great-grandmother was also clairvoyant, and mm-hmm. her brother was also a seer. But I kind of soften, soften, you know, the, the situation, and I tell him I um, know that there's more reason to why we met, and your son, uh, I reached out to him, and he wants me to relay something to you. I reached out for something very specific so that you will know that it's really him. And um, he told me boat races. I said, do you remember taking your son to boat races when he was a child? And he says those are some of his most fond, fondest memories that they had together. And then not only did his son come through, but there was grandparents, a parent, all came through with so much emotion. But for Mr., for that, that man, it was really difficult. And he, he absorbed it. And he says, this is a lot. Thank you very much for sharing this with me. And then I, you know, let the phone go. And then I called his friend who was there when he passed away. Yeah. And uh, that was very emotional to, to reunite the two, um, to, to give all the information. Because that's what the spirit has to do is they have to relay information 
that the other person will identify with. The same with your cousin. Like, they had to show me things, tell me things, because it, that's a really sensitive thing. And also the video that I yeah. sent to you guys yeah. about what happened after. Whoa, I've never had anything like that happen before. But that was a, a very memorable experience. Um, also, um, a recent one a few days ago, I had a baby, a miscarriage uh, soul. Wow. Miscarried soul came through. Um, I had a stillborn before, but a miscarried soul came through. I was doing a future reading for a, um, a special ed teacher who is developing um, a who will be who's also yeah, right now is developing some technology. I was able to see that and how that was going to go. But in the middle of the, the future reading, I felt these clairsentient feelings of um, problems with my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how in the world does this happen right now? Like, but, um, you know, I continued my reading and then out of nowhere, I stopped and my eyes started watering up. And I told him, I said, it doesn't matter if the life was lived long or if it was a short life. Love is not measured by time. That those were not my words. I spoke those words mm-hmm. and then I just started to cry and I understood I said your child you know I said is present that did not make it and I'm sitting there with him he was very receptive to it because that child did not have an experience in life he couldn't show me visuals all that child could give me was the experience of what it feels like to lose a child I felt yeah. that and Oof. also Oof. the um, I, I asked the soul I said what was wrong what happened and then I got all these different symptoms in my heart, in my mm. intestines, and then that clear cognizant knowing. I said it was not anyone's fault. This child would not have been able to survive, yeah. and um, it was they had problem with the organs and the different places. So um, it, that just blew both of our minds. It's, this love is not measured by time. So I, I told him, I said, your job as a father has been accomplished. It doesn't matter if you love a child for one year. 50 years, not even before it comes here, it doesn't matter. You did your job by allowing that soul to experience love. Soul age is different from human age. A soul is developed. There's no babies. Sorry if some people may think this, but in my experience, there are no babies that are floating around with, you know, without complete understanding and knowledge. Once you leave this physical plane, you are tapped in to source. There's no need for further you know, um, development as far as just having human knowledge. You already have a complete body, your complete entity. So that mm-hmm. just was one of my most yeah. cherished moments. Yeah. That's amazing. So for so we heard Jim's side of the story. So what give us your side of um the story. What what happened from your point of view? Yeah. yeah. So I ended up getting on the plane. I sat down next to him and I could tell 
Um, I'm not sure where he is on Myers Briggs. I would say INTJ. <laughs> you know, uh, I, ISTP. I'm not sure. He's a very introverted person. Yeah. And um, my, you know, I try to take it easy on him because I, I'm very sociable. I am a unequivocal ENFP, if you know, again, Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. But um, I sat down next to him and I, I knew that I had to open up. I knew it. I could feel it. And I had a discussion with these with this Betty before I said anything. I was sitting there and I said, please, please give me something that I can show him, something I can tell him because I do not want to do this. Because I'm so, you know, and I've never just reached over and said, uh, you know, the name was so clear. And she kept telling me because I, you know, what I was doing is I was uh, making space in myself to make sure that this is the correct name. So I would fall into my subconscious and, and let the thoughts, whatever thoughts pass away. And I kept hearing Betty, 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 Betty. So, um, when I looked at him, I, I, I knew it was going to be difficult. <laughs> I could feel, I feel people, you know, I knew he's very introverted and he, he did, um, pretty much, you know, he was ready to read that book and mm-hmm. have a nice quiet ride. Um, but, reaching over to him it was funny that you said that how he you know i was getting fidgety like i really wanted mm-hmm. to tap him and just tell him this so i can get this woman off of me <laughs> but the the objective that i always have had um, in doing this kind of work and even before when i was a jehovah's witness or when i was doing volunteer work or when i was working as a sign language interpreter is that belonging is truth now that that's what it is connecting and knowing that you are loved that is truth so i i want to make sure that whoever was trying to say something to him would say something but i laughed at the description after he sent it to me of, of the story and i was thinking oh my gosh you know i'm you know throwing skittles down and, and fruit loops and rainbows all over the <laughs> plane but it is a truth that um many people who are clairvoyant do not identify themselves as being heterosexual. It is, um, and I've learned to really appreciate the fact that the masculine and feminine energy that that I am able to hold gives me a range yeah. of being yeah. able to communicate with different type of people. If I was too hard, I wouldn't be able to care enough, <laughs> maybe, to open myself up to that fear you know of being rejected yeah um also uh, when it comes to um you know in the past many people were uh, sorry um, how do you say it were respected in different cultures for being able to have this androgynous spirit yeah. the egyptians loved it they knew that there was something about that balance that kind yeah. of stuff mm-hmm. And again, I speak for my own experience, and I speak for myself as a, a seer uh, and a clairvoyant, that this is the way I decide to allow my love to be shown. Some would differ and again say, oh, well, what happened if it could have been bad, and maybe, you know, that could have really hurt his feelings. I'm thinking it's not all about the person that's alive on this plane. That's not why I do what I do. What I do also gives healing to those that have moved on. Mm-hmm. So it's not about you, sinner, you know. Yeah. And you have, a, you know, several people who want you to prove it, prove it, prove it. Yeah. It's like that's not it. You can't ask for love to give you love. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's the gift that we all receive. But uh, back to your cousin, uh, he was very, he's very um, explicit in his details. And I appreciated that too, just to see how the world sees me. And I'm tall. I'm six foot two. I am a, an American um, black man. And, you know, having the voice, having the, you know, the mannerisms and, and being clairvoyant makes it very non-typical. Sure. And I was very happy that he was able to accept <laughs> that experience. Um, He's a very and, uh, detail-oriented person, so he picks up on a lot of things. Yeah. But he observes with love. I mean... In talking with him afterwards, like there's, he has so much respect for you. And I mean, just for everybody alive, really. But I admired his description because like seeing a little bit through his eyes, because I'm sure like I would have seen it so differently, but you know, it's just different walks, you know, different walks of life, different perspective. So part of the reason why I like spending so much time with him is, is that perspective. You know, he really. I'm naturally drawn to that kind of, you know, those type of people too. The people who are more introverted have a lot to say. They don't say much, but when they do, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Because they've been thinking about it a long time. You know, they've had some time to really chew on it. Totally. And I I love how even before meeting him, I could feel the love that was around him. And that is the same for every person. Um, Some people think that they have to have a close a close family member or friend that passed away before they do a reading. That's not true. Um, there's always people around you, supporting you, helping you out that are on the other side. So, you know, but, but actually feeling that love. And that's why I do what I do. I love feeling life inside me. Mm-hmm. I feel life inside me. And I don't look at I mean, anyone the same anymore because everyone, I say that people don't, deserve to be loved because they already are they deserve to know it yeah. you know they deserve to know it because we are loved so much and when you feel that even if for little things like he said he was just afraid of you know the clouds that day in the skies he's a little nervous even mm-hmm. something that small matters for someone to bring you know some comfort of your to give you some perspective that you may not see the end, but they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they see it, and it's, it's amazing. I love it. It's worth not having the connections that I used to have, the friendships I lost. I mean, again, I tell you, I lost my whole family, yeah. friends. My business uh, as a photographer, you know, a lot was linked into the connections that I knew from my oh. previous uh, affiliations religiously. Yeah. And it doesn't compare. So it doesn't how- compare at all how has coming out as a clairvoyant um affected your life and what has the reception been overall okay well i'd like to tell you guys this is my first time actually officially coming out as clairvoyant right here on your show. <laughs> really oh, really yeah you're like, so I, comfortable like it's just it's yeah. just part of you like i would never have thought that you haven't like Full on talked about this before. Yes, totally. So maybe some people will hear um, this podcast and like tell my mother. Yeah, my mother <laughs> has no idea that this is what I do. We, we barely even speak, but my, I have a nephew who knows. I have one uncle who knows, um, a, a cousin. But I, it's a hard thing because again, you are faced with another rejection. You know, yeah. you're faced with another rejection from society because people fear 
what they don't know. And um, I'm a very, always have been a very neutral person when it comes to politics, when it comes to religion. Doesn't mean I'm not educated, doesn't mean I don't care. But for me to be able to love the way that I love, I don't want to accept you for who you are. I want to celebrate you. And if I go into a group, even when it comes down to gender association, a person will look at me will say, oh, he must identify as being gay or he must identify as being African-American. No, I identify as being Corey, honestly. And um, I'm not ashamed of anything about myself. I just choose not to put myself in the parameters. If someone needs um, what people think about me, like RuPaul said, is none of my business. But for <laughs> yeah. me, I choose to have my doors open for everyone. If you decide that you want to worship mice, I'll say, hey, tell me where the closest pet store is and we'll feed them together. If you support uh, a, you know, some type of movement such as Black Lives Matter, I'll support you. If you support White Lives Matter, I'll help you. It doesn't matter because what matters to me is your heart. You know, are you moving? Are you being a positive person that will encourage the whole? And that's what really helps me when it comes to my readings, too. If I had more religious or um, racial prejudice, I wouldn't be able to be a sitter and have as much effect. I get people that come to me that speak other languages through me. You know, like I, I sent the one story about uh, there was a, a man that um, who, who had a, a friend who passed away in the Philippines. And during the reading, I felt that this person was going to say something in their language. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, it comes really close. Just, you know, and I said it. And the word was Kalikali. And if any Filipino people know what Kalikali means, it means armpit. <laughs> I had a joke about armpit. So when the guy told me, he says, no, that means armpit. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He says, no, we have jokes about armpits. And that was his thing that gave him the the, the thing that he was needing beyond yeah. all the details. I mean, that just took the reading over the moon. But again, being the kind of person that I appreciate being doesn't mean that everyone will follow my way. I don't want them to. But mm-hmm. I experience so much by staying in the middle and by allowing others to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Whatever experience you have, I'm not going to call you good or bad, but are you being more positive or negative? That mm-hmm. takes you off the judgment seat and helps you to really just be prepared for whatever comes through without yeah. judgment. You know, because you do hear a lot of things, a lot of regrets, a lot of people who people would say were bad people mm-hmm. come to me to give comfort and to, to give apologies or some type of, you know, saying a message of encouragement to mm-hmm. the ones who are still living. So, yeah. So do you think that that had a big, like, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess, that that was a part of who you were before you discovered that you had clairvoyance, that you were capable of it. So do you feel like that has been sort of part of what makes you so good at it or so receptive? You know, I really believe so. And even when it comes to, again, my whole path in life from religion, yeah, um, you know, modern, you know, more Christian-based religion, it is difficult for people who hold such um, a amount of feminine energy. It's, it's a really difficult thing. But I also see the beauty of the way that I was raised in an organization um, that doesn't really promote political or racial um, boundaries. Mm-hmm. So that was 
instilled in me as a child that it, it was more than just, oh, you have to, God loves everyone. It's like, no, really, you know, your brothers and sisters are the people of, of the world. It doesn't matter what color they are. And the same, um, even though I may not prescribe to the stories in the Bible as true or not some maybe, but that doesn't really matter. But the principles from all these different um you know, holy books, whether it's in, you know, Hindu, whether it's Sanskrit or, or Bible, there's so many similarities. And um, I guess I would say that if you have a, a tree that grows in China that produces apples, it's an apple tree. Yeah. If you have a tree that grows in Africa or, you know, or North America that produces apples, they're apple trees. So. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where the tree is or the fruit is grown. It, it just matters that it is the fruit that it, say, it says it is. Mm-hmm. So it, that's what love is. Um, and that's how I interpret love. I interpret God or the universe as being that, that produ- the production of that fruit, you know, that is everywhere. So if you can, you know, look at a person that walks down the street and you can't tell them that they're not what they're producing, you know, if they are producing that love. So mm-hmm. I, I only expect the best out of people. And that's what I get. Um, so when people come to you or go to another reader, what can they expect to get back? And then what do, um, what do you expect of the person sitting there getting the reading? Right. What you want when you go to a reader is you want someone that's not going to elude the reading with their own um, ideas and their own, um, what do you want to call that? Um, not that this is their bias. You don't want mm-hmm. that because the information that I receive is not for me. You know, I am here only to interpret and reiterate the information. For example, it's kind of like uh, having binoculars on. Mm-hmm. You can have more foresight. You're able to draw it back, push it out a few years, push it into months. You're able to yeah. see. You just tell them what you see and what you feel, not your opinion. Mm-hmm. The same when it comes to you know medium readings. You do not give your opinion. You just state the information that you receive. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you want to make sure that when you go to a reader, that they have the specific qualities that you're looking for. Do you want them to be clairvoyant? Do you want them to, to be clairaudient? Do you want them to be able to know how to do psychometry? You know, study the different clear senses, uh, senses that you want to to find in a reader. Um, also, when it's to uh, a, a sitter, the person that's coming for the reading, they, uh, like I, I put in the notes, that a, um, a closed mind is hard to fill. Yeah. If you come to a, a seer or a clairvoyant and say, prove to me this, they're yeah. going to look at you and say, I mean, maybe I will. I'm not going to speak for all. I will look at you and say, get out. <laughs> because, you know, that is not why I'm here. I am here to give you love and, you know, and under and help you understand more about an abundant life that you can have now in mm-hmm. a better way. But um, the person that's coming should have it in their mind that they have to invest something. And what you invest as a sitter is free will. Free will is not an idea. Free will is the ability to take your intention and latch it on to a higher energy source. For example, let's use a biblical illustration. You had Jesus walking on water. 
here's the apostle Peter wanting to walk with Jesus. He looks and says, I want to do it. So he gets out and starts walking. But then he looks around and starts to sink. What happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. His intention left the higher source of energy. He took his intention or his free will away from that channel or that current. So even when you're doing a future reading for someone, you know, I will say in my mind, my intentions go out and say, please show me what will be the best for this person when it comes to them receiving a very abundant experience of life, of being able to give and receive love and to be happy. You know, please show me that way. And when I see that way, I get dates, times, places, wow. cities. I get all the information I need. Mm-hmm. But my responsibility is to give the information. Now, if a person gets all the information from me and says, well, I'm supposed to call at 1030, but I'm not going to do that. I'll just call at 12. Right. Yeah. They did not fully give their intention yeah. to grab onto that higher energy. It's kind of, I mean, the way that I see it is like, pretend like you're standing in the universe and you're looking up and you see all these currents of energy that you know that you can jump into at any time. Mm-hmm. That's like your future. Your future is not just definite. Some things are more definite than others, but it's like a movie with alternate endings. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, where free will is. Your free will is to say, I want to attach my energy to that current of energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to latch on to that. So you have a lot of influence on your life. But again, you have to bring to a reading intention. Um, it's kind of like when you're standing in a circle with three people. If two people are holding hands really tight, but that third one has like a soggy grip, <laughs> it's not really going to make the swinging of the hands back and forth that much enjoyable. Yeah. So the second thing in a reading, I'm getting energy from the higher source, from, you know, that super conscious, and I'm having my own energy, and then the other person, you know, they could get good messages from spirit if they are not really, you know, wanting to give their intention, but it's better if you do, because Mm -hmm. the reading will be more solid. Um, It's always like that. When someone has more intention that they offer to the reading, the energy gets a lot closer, just like with your uh, cousin. Mm -hmm. When his sister came through, it was such an emotional moment. I was was there feeling her feelings, but I said, "Could you have her come closer?" Because I want to get you know as much information as possible. So when he added more intention, more of the energy to the circle, mm-hmm. more words came out, expressions came out. Um, so uh, also one more thing: when you go for a reading, a sitter uh, wants to ask the um, the reader, or the reader will already let them know why that person. Came through. What was the reason? Some um, readers will say, "Oh, they look like this." They may give a name. They may give you know all this other information, and then that's it. They're doing good in spirit. No, why are Mm -hmm. they here? There's a reason why they are present. There's a reason you know why they want to communicate with you right now. So you should know by the time you leave why that person you know did arrive to give you whatever they did, and not all the time will you get a name. It's not always dependent upon the reader whether mm-hmm. they have the capability to get names. I mean, I get names. We get that with Betty. I, I mean, I get, you know, cities and times, but sometimes that's not what the spirit wants to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. they want to give you enough information to make you search. I've had readings that I've done for people who at that moment, they had no idea how these things were pertaining to them. You know, I have mm-hmm. one kid, he, um, I knew that there was grandfather energy he had a grandfather who um, 
drove truck during the Great Depression. Um, he had another grandfather who was stationed in uh, British Columbia during one war, and his other grandfather was in the Japanese war. But he didn't know that. I didn't know, you know, that, um, you know, all those details. All I got was, okay, I see a guy who's driving a truck, and it, it, this is in the 20s. Do you know that person? Next person, mm, this guy's in the 60s. He's around air travel. He's in another country. Do you know that person? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see Japanese paintings. Please let me know. Do you understand this? No. Until he calls back. And then he gives me the information that, dude, I did the research. My parents told me all this. Yeah, my, my mom's dad was during the Korean War, was stationed in Japan. It's beautiful wow. because they send you on treasure hunts, especially when you don't know. So yeah. um, if you don't have a specific name to, to reach out for, you more than likely will get people from the side of the family that you don't really know that well. You know, so you never know who will drop in unless, you know, you do have a specific name that you want to reach out for. Very cool. Do the, I mean, if you're speaking to people that, you know, you see a vision where they are from this time frame, it seems like once you cross over to the other side, you don't, you know, have to play by the same rules as far as space and time go. Like, can you, I mean, from someone who died in the 20s or the 50s or, you know, last week or something, and then on different parts of the globe, it's like, that just dissolves, and you just have yeah. access. Awesome. It is very awesome. I remember the first time I did a phone reading. Um, I was nervous, because you know, <laughs> I only was in the classroom for a few times, or in person with people, but I did a reading um, for someone that lives an hour from me, and then I have a client that lives in Spain, and mm-hmm. I do readings with that person. Um, I also do genetic readings which is something I haven't really publicized yet, but I can get information about a person's genetics down to the 0.25%. But that's the information that you can pull. I also do chakra understandings like the the amount or the the percentage of what chakras are most open, what your energy sources in your body. You can get so much information um, if you just pull pull and ask for it. Uh, But it is, uh, yeah, space and time does not matter. Um, I do like to be in person when I do future readings because I think that's a little bit more intimate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It could be on the phone. It could be through email. It could be um, anywhere, anywhere, anytime, place. That's really cool. So if – Oh, wait, I have one more question oh, pertaining to yeah. that. Do you ever feel like you've received an energy that wasn't necessarily human?
which is, was one of my first questions too, because I was afraid of everything, is how can you be sure that you're not working with dark energy? Yeah. And again, that is your intention. You know, I am a firm believer that there are positive and negative energy. Mm-hmm. I don't judge any of it because I don't live in it, So I, but I only deal with positive. My intentions go out as uh, before I do any reading, um, even for this interview, that the only energy that surrounds is nothing but positive, only energy of light. There's also different stones that um, that you can get because stones are like batteries. You find it in every civilization mm-hmm. again, in the Bible. You know, different people use different stones to facilitate communications. For example, even, you know, um, if you prescribe to the Bible, Aaron the priest had a vest that he would wear with all these different stones before he would go into the most holy. He had to put that on mm-hmm. before he lit the incense, before he facilitated communication with, a, with another dimension. So they still work. You know, little stones are batteries. And um, also sage, or something about sage, that clears negative energy out of the room. I don't know how. I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm just me. So this is, it, it actually works. So I've never had any experiences with any energy that is negative around me doesn't happen doesn't come my way i know um several psychics and mediums that also told they do not have those situations that are happening to them and many times that can be um misinterpreted if you have things going on at home you can think oh my goodness i'm seeing uh, a little kid or i'm feeling a presence and you're freaked out by it Mm -hmm. mostly because of the stories that you've heard (laughs) or what you attribute it to be Mm -hmm. But it could simply be someone who, it may be a relative, maybe there's someone who's attached to the home in some kind of way. So nine out of ten times, it's nothing that's actually ever, ever going to try to do anything to hurt you. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's our, again, our minds battling the idea that I can't believe that this is real. Mm -hmm. And it has to be something bad if I can't explain it, if I can't understand it, it must be trying to hurt me. You know, or maybe it's walking up and down the stairs and scaring me half to death. Mm-hmm. That's not the reason. You know, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not going to say that there are not entities that are not rude. You know, because just like people, we all have our personalities. Yeah. But you know, the people that I come in contact with, whether it's just randomly, boom, I feel I need to open up, or clients that come my way mm-hmm. are never um, of that negative vibration. You know, and also what you eat, what you wear, what you bring into your home, you know, um, mm-hmm. again, psychometry. If you bring something into your home from a person that has a very negative environment, it will bring more negative energy into your space. doesn't have to be the evil de- devils or whatever they call them coming <laughs> in or the spooks, yeah. but it's just lowering the vibration of that area. So yeah. uh, like um, energetic hygiene is very important as a reader to make sure that you keep your body and your vessel clean to get the clearest signals possible to do the kind of work that you want to do. Yeah. And with the law of attraction, you know, like attracting like, you have that higher sense of, you know, higher vibration. You're going to attract people, you know, who also have that same kind of mindset who choose to totally, see the good, yeah. totally, you know, totally, whether totally. intentionally or not, you know, some people are kind of still feeling their way through it. You know, I think everybody is through the end of their life, you know, trying to figure out what feels good, what is right, you know, what love, trying to find love for everything. But, you know, with everything that we come in contact with isn't always, you know, as relaxed and groovy as all that. But I think that you do have a lot of control over it. And being as relaxed and groovy as you are, you're able oh, to attract thanks. those people into your life. Yeah. 
Intention is everything. I, yeah. I tell it. Intention is the is the most powerful thing you have. If you the person can move, levitate, move things around with their mind, it's your intention. It's yeah. your intention. You know, many people think about manifesting this oh we're gonna manifest a billion dollars, we're gonna <laughs> manifest this, we're gonna manifest that, but are you thinking about wealth or abundance? Yeah. And when I do readings my whole my whole composition, my mind, my intention is how can we see what's going to be abundant for this person, yeah. whether their life will be long or short, you know, you know, it's kind of like the weather, man, you know, in, in one way, like if you see, you know, a hurricane, you know, on, on the news, it's more than likely going to be a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to say, am I going to sit here or am I going to move? Yeah. You know? yeah. So a good reader is going to help you learn how to navigate around and maybe jump into another current to protect you and to give you that abundant life. And that's, it's awesome. That's cool. That's great. Um, So, as we're wrapping this up, I think I have probably like two more questions for you. Okay. Um, One is uh, I've done a lot of ghost hunting. Cool. um, And I've been into places where you instantly walk in and you feel that negative energy. And then I've been to places where you don't necessarily feel negative energy, but there is like a vibration there that you can kind of sense that something is off. Um, are those kind of like the same kind of energies that you're describing or is it just something that's imprinted on that area? Yes. Um, again, I'm not an expert in that per se, but I will tell you that a, a place, a room, um, whatever energy that happened in that room, like, uh, there, there's many places where people were murdered or hurt, mm-hmm. um, Again, intention is everything, and, and it's like again, even if you're not physically touching it, your intention has touched it. Yeah, you know, you can get the same feeling walking to a, a meat factory of this mm-hmm. negative, you know, yeah. intention, and that's going to attract more of that negative intention. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I do believe very much that that you know your environment is affected by what you do because you know when you have a person who is again not or not the most positive yeah. <laughs> when they leave their imprint around, you know, whether it's something that they used to work on, maybe they worked in building the place, you know, or was frequented that place. Mm-hmm. It's going to carry the resonance of those people or entities that were in there. And that's why they'll be attracted to, to places like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, how do you break that? Awesome. Huh? How, do you, how do you like break the cycle? Break the cycle of the negative energy. Yeah. Well, the clearing. You have to get a professional um, that does clearing. And I work with um, my intuitive coach. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Lonnie Reagan of Santa Barbara. Amazing. Um, her, her, uh, was, her email is asklonnynow, L-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. And she um, she's great. She's a healer. She's also um, a reader. But she does home clearings. Mm-hmm for places and blessings and um, she has you know her thing that she does to make sure that you won't have to deal with that energy and also how you could have possibly maybe if this is a home what did you do to co-create that environment yeah and how are you continuing to co-create this environment that is being conducive for this type of energy that's present so Mm -hmm. i would say if anybody i mean she is dynamic she has shown me things that I never knew that I could do, such as remote wow. viewing. Yeah. Um, wow. 
future seeing. Also, when a person tells me a person's name, I can see them. And not only see them, I can tell you about their personality. You know, if I dig mm-hmm. deeper where they work. I don't go too far because, again, I, I know boundaries. Yeah. But I, and, yeah. you know, she has taught me so many wonderful things. And I would definitely, that's a person that you would probably really appreciate, you know, talking to. Because she, this is her forte. Yeah. And she is just dynamic in everything that she does. That sounds awesome. Um, so we're going to put up all your information and the photos and um, everything up on the show notes with the blog post for this episode. Um, but if people want to know how to get in contact with you, if they want to get a reading or talk to you about possibly whatever they need to talk to you about, um, how would they get a hold of you? Sure. What they can do is they can email Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, can, C-A-N, and the letter C, CoreyCanC at gmail.com. Um, again, the C is for Claire Blant. They can okay. go ahead and email me there. And actually, in about maybe less than a week, I'm going to put up another uh, page, a Facebook page for for my scene. But again, this is my coming out as <laughs> you know, the psychic guy right here. So, oh, I'm so excited. Nice. And then once you have your Facebook up, uh, send it to us, and we'll also post it on the Tales from the Fog um Facebook page so people can find it. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I, I hope to be able to uh, give you guys a reading too so that you guys can uh, understand a little bit more about what I do and also uh, maybe give you guys some love from someplace that is trying to send it over to you. Or again, if you want to see a little bit of the future, again, it's not set in stone. It's just, you know, whatever will be more abundant for you, mm-hmm. I can help you see it. You know, I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It would sound cool. Yeah, my cousin was trying to be like, oh, you should record it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) because I am like super ooey gooey emotional. And like, I know as soon as I hear like some name of maybe somebody I knew like 25 years ago, I'm just going to be like a big old soggy mess. So I don't need that documented for posterity, (laughs) but I I would really dig it. I think Uh, it'd be cool. I'm very comfortable. You guys are asking. But if you. I'm like, I'm like in a certain mode. Before I go in, yeah, yeah. Like, love is love is not a science show. Love is this is a it can be very intimate and mm-hmm. amazing, but uh, it, it's good when it's off air. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, definitely we'll schedule it. We'll schedule it with you maybe once we're done, and then totally. um, and then afterwards maybe on the next podcast at the beginning or something we can talk about yeah what transpires in uh, that at that totally. time. But yeah. Do you have one planned with Jim? Do you know if you're going to do another like intentional sit down with him? I haven't been able to be in touch with him lately. I mean, he, he did email me about a week ago, but I was uh, working in Chicago at that time. But I, I have to, to do that again with, with that. That would be mm-hmm. great to actually do a, probably a future one this time and see yeah. how he like that, you know? He, I think he'd be really into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have him on the podcast, too, to, to like get a little bit more from his perspective. And also because he's like oh, yeah. a super awesome, smart geek. We have lots of, of like sci-fi questions to ask him, but, (laughs) but yeah, I wanted to see if maybe he'd like, if you were going to interact with him again, because then I wanted to make sure to, to touch base with him on that also. Right. right. That would be great. I look forward to talking to him again. And you guys too. It's really good to see you. It's It's great to finally talk to you. I feel like I've known you for forever. I know. It really does. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you're, I mean, you, like you said, you have that, that open, friendly personality where you like there's no like you, there's just no wall there you know you're just like hi this is me how are you you know just yeah. so 
like relaxed and groovy. Like a lot of friends, we worked in Not Scary Farm. A lot of our friends are like that. They're just like, this is me. Hi. You know, and yeah, you just feel like you've known them your whole life because there's oh. no sense of like they're hiding anything or anything like that, you know? No, but not I, what you see is what you get. And, yeah. Um, you may get a little bit more than that. Maybe. <laughs> you know, so I, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for uh, having me on your show. It no is problem. awesome. We appreciate you, you. Thank you so yeah. much for, I mean, for trusting us with this and for, you know, sharing this with, I mean, it's not a gigantic fan base, but, you know, it's a bunch of people that you don't know. And it's, it's growing. It's, yeah. It's growing. But it's, yes. it's really, I mean, just acknowledging this ability is brave. It is, yeah. And so, and then like pushing it even more and learning more and reaching out to complete strangers, like that's nothing shy of brave, you know, and, and definitely not everyone could do that. I don't think that I could do that, you know? <laughs> you never know. True, like you I never know. That. Never yeah. say never. Everyone has psychic sense. That's why I push too. Everyone has psychic senses that we do use, but we just don't know that we're using them half the time. <laughs> sure. But, um, like that gut feeling thing? Yeah, then this again the whole gifted idea. I mean, some people will argue it's a gift, it's a gift, but love is the gift. Mm-hmm. But how you use it, that is the gift that you give to others. Mm-hmm. It's how you use these abilities and you can, you know, you can train them and it doesn't take long too. Some will, you know, again like muscles, some people it's easier for them to get a certain type of definition. Other people have a certain type of definition in another way. Mm-hmm. But it is not barred or it's not relegated by religion. It's not relegated by culture. All of these abilities are present and have been present from the beginning of time until now. They have been people that have maximized their ability to see and to feel. So I tell you for my conclusion with my big mouth (laughs) is to see with your heart and feel with your eyes. Just watch how the world opens up for you. And I think that's a perfect spot to end the podcast right there. That sums it up beautifully. (laughs) So thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you in the fog. Bye, guys. Thank you very much, Corey. Thank you, Corey. You guys. Bye. Bye.